TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. A little hysteria. Over NY27. Perfect for a political show, Joe. You like that? I like it. Let me tell you, Def Leppard toured with Journey last year, and I thought Def Leppard was the better of the show than Journey. And they weren't the headliner. They Well, they were both. Both, yeah. And on the tour, they switched each night who was first, who was second. So in Buffalo, we got Journey first, and then Def Leppard second. And I thought Def Leppard, not that I thought Journey was bad, but... No, it's not Steve Perry. Um, I'm just not a huge Journey fan. Never have been. I think Don't Stop Believing is way overplayed. Me too. But every other big hit of Journey, like Faithfully, I think is a great song. Lights. I like their slower stuff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was just never, uh, I would never go and see them live. Let's put it that way. My favorite Def Leppard song, Love Bites. We're going we're gonna to come back with that next break, John Simon. Get it ready. <laughs> 803-0930, star 930 on your cell phone. It is Hardline, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy here with you on what's turning out to be a sunny Sunday morning. Hope you're enjoying it along with us. Let's get, well, let's set up the, the topic. We're talking Rob Ort back, well, into the race now, NY27 back in the headlines over a year to the election. Now, I know I'm young, Brenda. But I don't remember a congressional race starting this early, getting this much attention. Well, when you have a, a sitting congressman who's under indictment, it certainly uh, throws things into a state of flux. And so I think that's why this uh, NY27 continues to dominate the news in many ways. It just keeps popping up, Joe, like a journey yeah. song, keeps popping up. So yesterday, Rob Ort, who is a state senator and the former mayor of North Tonawanda, declared for NY27. He's the third Republican to announce, and there are some folks uh, perhaps in the wings who may announce. Stefan Mahailu's name has been bandied about. Uh, David Bellavia's name continues to be mentioned, although there's been no indication from David that he's interested in running. Uh, Others in the race include uh, State Senator Chris Jacobs, who is funding a lot of his campaign because he certainly can afford to do so. Chris Collins wrote himself a check for $500,000, so he's... You know, kind of showing mixed signs here that he may or may not run. Um, My feeling is he's keeping that post and keeping people guessing because he may need his position as leverage for the court case. Uh, And also attorney Beth Parlato from Darien has announced her candidacy. So it's already a crowded field for a congressional primary, and we could see at least three more people right. throw their head. And at so, least. Like you said, it's one of those things for the next year and a half here in, in NY27, we are going to be talking about this seemingly as much as the presidential election. I think so. I think so. It's an important part of the, you know, the area, Joe. And 
It's certainly, um, as Rob Ord, I think, identified some of the key things, the unionization of farmers, uh, higher taxes, uh, the abortion bill. There's all sorts of things that they are railing against. So it's an important, and it's an enormous district, too. So there's a lot to talk about here. There sure is. Two years in a row, it's been at the top of everyone's mind talking about it today. And, of course, Brenda and I will bring in all the candidates that want to come in um, and talk. So we will bring you everyone's point of view. We brought you Nate McMurray last week, if you missed that, on demand at WBEN.com. 803-0930 for today's talk. And Kevin and Pendleton, someone who ran against Chris Collins. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Kevin from Trinidad. I just, I just leave town for a moment and you kids start misbehaving. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, now we have uh, Senator Robert announcing, uh, why don't you just get a clown car and see who comes <laughs> out of in this district? You know, it, it, it's going to be a circus. But here's what. As a constituent of both Senator Orr's district and of, um, and of Chris, Collins, um, but but emphasizing more on Chris Collins. We in the 27 district, I think we really all crisped out by this time. We had Chris Lee, we got Chris Collins, now we got Chris Jacobs. Uh, besides sharing the same names, what do all these candidates have in common? You tell us, Kevin. Names, right? Huh? What did you say? You say be- between these three, the three Chris's, Chris Lee, Chris Collins and Chris Jacobs. What do they all have in common? You lost me with Chris Jacobs. I don't know the answer. Okay. They could all fund their campaign. Oh, yeah. And they all have the blessings of the Republican Party, whether you, the Republican Party leadership, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Okay? But as far as Senator Rob Ort is concerned, right? Um, yes, he was... Um, uh, yes, he, the charges didn't um, stick on him. They, they, you know, he got off of it. But here's my question to you um, in relation to that. I'm asking you this, um, Brenda and, and um, Joe. Did OJ do it? I certainly think so. <laughs> okay, okay. But he was found innocent, right? Well, well let's put it this way. In one case. He was found not guilty in the criminal case. Uh, so are you making the analogy here that perhaps uh, Ort is not innocent? Said the, judge said him, the judge said it himself. He was fully aware. And you see, you guys do not live out here in Niagara County like Edwina does, myself does, and thousands of others do, right, who are on the button of what's going on out here, okay? And um, so I am waiting to see who else is going to enter the race. If David Bellavia enters... All chips are down, you know. All it's 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 over for the rest of them. But until David makes that announcement, I think all these guys are like kamikaze pilots on a suicide mission. That's what I think. So, what do you think their motive is, Kevin? Is it simply name recognition? Is it perhaps setting up for another race in a couple of years or down the road? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, part of that too. But um, I also think that. Um, Edwina brought up a good point there. You see, um, Ort is in the minority here right now, and out here the word is, and I even heard it from another uh, another um, Albany, um, you know, uh, elected official. They, they all knew that that Ort, this is his ultimate goal here to be, be our congressman. So um, you know, so and my question to you, Senator Ort, 
and to anyone who's holding public office. How can you be serving our best interests when you're running for president, when you're running for senator, when you're running for congressman? How at the same time are you going to be seeking our best interests? This is something we've got to fix. I think we need a real grassroots um, candidate out here who will really um, you know, bring out the real issues and bring out the real message and really you know, represent the people. And so far, I'm not feeling that, man. I'm not feeling that love. All right, Kevin. Well, always a good call. Thank you, Kevin in Pendleton. Opens up a line for you at 803-0930. And Joe, I love getting the perspective of folks who are in Ort's district. Yes. And I appreciate people calling in with their perspective. Rob Ort has been in politics since 2008. So you would say a very fast up-and-comer. I mean, he's only 40. He is now going after Congress. I do agree with John in Rochester. If he doesn't get the congressional seat this time... He will be in Washington eventually. Like, I think Rob Ward is still starting out. Yeah. Um, And that's why I think when you declare like this, and he's talking about his brand, which is something I'm still trying to figure out, what is that brand? Especially for a guy who's so young and has, you know, relatively a short career so far in politics. Um, Is it simply a way to develop a brand by running? Because here it is, you know, he's in a crowded field already and probably more, more crowding to come. I think that's, yeah, that might be, Kevin has a point, getting his name out there, because he might not win this time, but get his name, learn how it is to run a a campaign for a national seat, something more than just your state district, uh, but, you know, NY27. That's kind of what we thought Nate McMurray was doing last time around, right? Getting his name out there, maybe making a run for Albany, but it looks like he uh, didn't get enough of the congressional race. Apparently not. <laughs> 803-0930. It is 11:17 here on Hardline. We will get right back to calls, but first, we got to pay some bills here on WBEN. Joe, you're torturing me with these Journey songs. This is Def Leppard. You're torturing Def- me with these Def Leppard this songs. This is one of my. <laughs> this is my favorite Def Leppard song. Does it not sound a little bit like Steve Perry? It does a little. Yeah, that's why I thought it was him. Just a little better. It is Hardline <laughs> here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, John Simon on the other side of the glass. Thanks for coming in, John. Covering for the producer that is scheduled to be there, me. Uh, we are talking about NY27. Rob Ort yesterday announced his candidacy. And uh, when talking the Second amendment, amendment, here's what he had to say. Our Second Amendment has been trampled upon here in this state. The SAFE Act is an assault on our constitutionally protected rights to defend those we love. And it's only served to make law-abiding citizens less safe. That in his entire uh, announcement, which was two press conferences, one in Lockport, one in Batavia, can be found at WBEN.com. But Brenda, what do you say we get back to the calls? Let's do it. I want to hear what people have to say. Let's go to Patrick in Hamburg. Patrick, good morning. Oh, good morning. How you doing? Uh, Now, let's see here. Congress, and I do apologize, I didn't realize you're getting to me right now, but Congress is set up in a certain way. Whether we like it or not, it's all based on seniority, how much power he or she, the congressperson, has to represent their constituents. Would you not agree? I think that's a fair point. Thank you. So how long do you think a new congressperson, if we get rid of Chris Collins and put a new one in there, how long in that, which is controlled by the Democrats, the House of Representatives, how long do you think a new congressperson, whether it's Ort 
or Mahailu or whomever, Jacobs, how long, how many years will it take them to really have some power to represent us? Just well, off, off the top of your hand. To your first point, Patrick, we won't know in 2020. It could be Republican run Congress again. That's correct. Uh, number two, it depends on who's good at networking. These are, I mean, like I said, Rob Ort has moved very quickly up the political ladder. Uh, so he obviously knows who to befriend and does it pretty quickly. So if he's good at networking, if they're good, if they're good talkers, I mean, they could, they could have friends and committees within six months and be on certain committees right away. I think whoever wins, if it's not Chris Collins, will be on a committee before Chris Collins is. Well, Collins is off of all committees at the moment, Patrick, which, you know, I understand what your point is, but Collins, I don't think, is a viable candidate because he's been thrown off all the committees. Oh, well, thank you. I actually haven't gotten to my point yet, so please don't cut me off too quickly. Not that you have yet. I'm enjoying the give and take. But my point is this. Whomever goes into this seat, now the voters, we don't know this because they don't want us to know that. They, the politicians running. But Rob Ort knows it. Chris Jacobs knows it, and Stefan Mahailu knows it, that whomever goes into New York 27, if it's Chris Collins or not, they will only serve for two more years because this seat is being eliminated due to the population drop here in New York State. We don't have to philosophize or wonder about that. That's already set in stone that this, the most Republican seat in New York State, will be eliminated. So if Chris Collins is reelected, he will only serve for two more years. That's why I'm voting because I don't want to crown another politician who wants to leave their current elected position to be a former congressman. The only reason that anyone else is running for this seat, all these other Republicans, including Rob Ort, they all know they're only going to be in there for two years, but they want to make those contacts they want to vote the correct way for the corporation so that in two years, when they're no longer a congressman, they will, just as our other congressman from, from Hamburg did, he will, they will serve on corporate boards and make themselves and their families millions of dollars. That's what they do. It's a money grab. They're not doing this so that they can serve the uh, people they represent. They're already representing us in Albany. They could be reelected over and over and over again. So why would they want to leave and give up their current position where they could get reelected and serve us for a Congress seat that they know they're only going to be in there for two years? They're doing it because they want to be a former Congress member serving on corporate boards because they voted the right way in those two years, and they want to make themselves millions. It's not about serving people. If they wanted to serve us, they would stay in their current elected positions. Look at Stefan Mahailu. He has a four-year term. Why would he give up a four-year term to go somewhere for a two-year term that ends and puts him on the street? No, it won't put him on the street. It'll make him millions. That's the only reason any of them are running. So, Patrick, you think there's not one grain or one shred of desire to, to serve the community, to uh, perhaps have a bigger arena from which to serve, uh, you know, for example, going from controller to Congress or state senator to Congress, where you have more control, more power. You think none of that matters to these folks. You think it's simply self-serving money grab. Absolutely. Absolutely self-serving money grab. They know full well that the way the Congress is set up, they will not have the ability to serve in the manner in which they serve currently. Stefan Mahailu will not be able to serve us well, nor will anyone else in that two-year period of time the way they could in their current elected positions. It's not about us. 
It's about them. They know that whomever gets this seat will only get in there for two more years. So I say to the voters, leave Chris Collins in there. Why would we want to crown another local schmokel who just wants to be a former Congress member? By the time they get in, they're going to be making plans for their exit because their seat will no longer be there for them. They know this. Question them on this. I dare WBEN to ask those questions of these people. Why are you leaving your current elected position of four years to go, not, not the state senators, of course, they're two years, but they could get reelected easily over and over again. Why are you leaving that where you're guaranteed to stay and serve the people, as you say, where you're leaving to go for 16 months, you're going to be a congressman, and then what? Then you're going to make millions. That's what you're doing it for. That, and as to your question as far as what will some of these candidates do when Chris Collins announces, I know what they'll do. They'll drop out. You think Rob Ort is going to run when Chris Collins runs? No. But he can't announce after Chris Collins says, I'm not running anymore, because that'll look like, well, you weren't going to run unless he didn't run. You're a wimp. Do you think that uh, Chris Collins was motivated in the same manner that you're speaking of these current candidates when he ran initially? No, because he wasn't going to be eliminated in two years. He's already been in there for six terms, 12 years, whatever. So, no, that's a whole different ballgame. But when you run for an office that you know is going to be eliminated, you run for that office knowing that you're only going to be in there for two years and then you're out of a job, why are you doing that? It's not to serve the people. It's to serve yourself. It's to line your own pockets. Look at where the former Congress members from Western New York, look at where, where they are now. They're on the corporate boards, and they go to meetings once a year. It's a video conference. You make $250,000 by serving on our board because you voted the right way when you were in Congress, and the only thing you've got to make is one meeting per year. And by the way, it's a video meeting you can do from your bedroom. Patrick, uh, interesting uh, point of view we haven't heard before. Thank you, Patrick, in Hamburg. It should be noted, though, that it's not a foregone conclusion that NY27 will be the district eliminated. A lot of people downstate think it might be AOC's district eliminated. So that's not a foregone conclusion, but an interesting point of view. Nonetheless, we've got to hit news with Neil McManus, and we'll be back on Hardline after this. This, one of my favorite Queen songs. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? You know, I haven't yet. Joe, I watched it. Uh, I went to Ireland in March, and I could not sleep on the plane. So I'm watching the movie, flying over the Atlantic Ocean, and it was fantastic. Was it good? The flight was good, and so was the movie. And Remy Malek, who played Freddie Mercury, amazing transformation. Just the look of him. Yeah, I did um, see... And they put those those weird big teeth in him and he really looked a lot like the real Freddie Mercury. I did see the side-by-side when they imitate the Live Aid concert yes. in the movie. Um, I haven't seen the movie and I haven't tasted the vodka. So I guess those are two things I have to do. <laughs> Go see the movie. I don't know about the vodka, but the movie was outstanding. We are talking NY27 for about 22 more minutes. No, this is not a replay of last week's show. We are doing it again. But you really could plug in a show from last year. Right. And minus the names, it would be pretty familiar. NY27, who's going to run? Uh, But now a little more time till election. Don't get confused. This election's not till November 2020. But yet it's a hot topic right now. It will. I mean, I think locally 
it's going to overshadow the presidential race for the reasons we talked about last hour. This is a blue state. There's, you know, once the general election comes, New York's out of play. But locally, we will have a big impact on Congress with what's going to be a very heated campaign. And the nation's eyes are on this race, too. I mean, people in national news, uh, national political insiders know about NY27. Tom from Buffalo has been really patient hanging on. Joe, let's hit the, the phone lines again and let's welcome Tom. Yeah, Tom in Buffalo. Tom, good morning. Good morning, folks. Great show. Um, I, we're coming out with the military uh, look campaign uh, shirts and all that stuff just tells me he either thinks Bellevue is not running or it's a suicide mission, like one caller said, because if Bellevue gets in, this hanging your tote on your military service is just over. It, it makes no sense. Now, even if Bellevue gets in, this whole nonsense of serving your military and get you into Congress is nonsense. Look at Congress and the amount of people who have served. It just doesn't equate to actual votes. I mean, maybe maybe if we won a war once in a while, it would have <laughs> the votes, but we we don't. And it's Afghanistan, really, we're still there. I'll hang up and listen. Well, I think, you know, first of all, I want to salute Rob Ort for serving, as I would anybody, Joe. I have a lot of respect for anybody who serves in the military. Oh, for sure. But I think David Bellavia overshadows him uh, on an international scale. I mean, David has made international news by becoming a Medal of Honor recipient. And um, David has never indicated one way or the other if he's going to come out and run for this seat. But he's going to have to eventually. But if David does run and say David gets the seat... To Patrick's point before the news, talk about already having an in in Congress. That's for sure. You'll be the, the <laughs> you'll be the seat people will want to flock to. And I will say this right now, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, believe it or not. If David Bellavia was the congressman from NY27, NY27 would not be the one getting redistricted. In 2020. I think he would definitely help that cause to keep that seat where it is. And uh, as you mentioned a few moments ago, the seat that may be in question is the one that uh, AOC represents. Especially, and I don't want to go too far off the topic here, Brenda, especially if Trump wins re-election in 2020, I think a lot of fingers on the left will point to AOC, the squad, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, people to that far left mentality. And I think a lot of, I mean, and it will be redistricted by Democrats, remember, I think they'll be going, we can't, let's do what we can to get her out of Congress. Because a lot of fingers will be pointed saying people like AOC gave Donald Trump the White House in back-to-back elections. That's very true. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Joe. 803-0930, finally, finally he's called in. (laughs) Terry in Texas on a Sunday. Terry, good morning. Morning. Uh, well, I'm headed to a service call right now, and I've had the opportunity to listen to some of these callers. And, um, you know, the other guy that called that was saying, uh, basically, well, what kind of influence could they possibly have as junior members of Congress? I mean, I can't turn on the news or look at a news app without seeing, you know, old horsemouth AOC or that goblin-looking Talib or however you pronounce their last name on every other article. I mean, they seem to have plenty of influence over the country and their little minions across the the country by putting themselves out there and by being vocal. If you could take that same power that they're using and actually use it for good, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all the things I'm pretty much against, but, you know, they seem to have a knack for using it. Uh, it, 
because whoever wins that seat, the bottom line, whoever the, whoever wins that seat is going to have to be energetic. They're going to have to be willing to battle, and they're going to have to be willing to really know that they're going up against not to be like corny and that like that, but like legitimate forces of evil in Washington. So if I were a voter in you know District 27, I mean, one of the things that I'd be looking for is who who stands to be the most um, willing to to. To, to fight these people because right now we're in a, you know we're in a we're in a fight to the death I think you know for the country and every election from this point forward including up to the you know election of the president is really going to determine where we go as a nation so splitting hairs and using semantics to describe one you know candidate or the other I really don't care as long as they fill that seat with a Republican or a conservative and somebody with patriotic values. You know, um, I really think it's still going to go sideways, and this will be my last little part of my rant. You know, I think whether Trump wins or he doesn't, we're going to see a major shift come next November, uh, moving on into January. It's going to be a tremendous spectacle to see, for sure. Uh, A shift which way, Terry, do you think? Well, I think no matter what, if President Trump wins the election, you already see how loony these people are. They can barely tolerate the fact that he makes it out of bed every single morning. If he gets reelected again, I honestly, and I'm not trying to be an alarmist or any kind of conspiracy theorist or doomsday prepper, nothing like that. I think you're going to see these Antifa, Antifa people, you know, the communists of this nation, the socialists, you know, you're really going to see them resort to a level of violence that I don't think we've even seen yet. And if President Trump isn't elected and a socialist moves into that house, well, I don't know how the hell they're going to move around taking people's weapons from them and across the country and making us pay 70% of our taxes. But I think, you know, I think we're in for some, some stuff. Well, you know what, Terry? I think the president needs to tone down his rhetoric, too, because that doesn't help the current situation. Did you see what happened in Portland yesterday? I saw that there were 13 arrests. Um, I worked most of the day, so I didn't get into any of the articles. But uh, I saw that there were some people there that were arrested. I think a few weapons were found. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty nasty kind of display with people on both sides digging their heels in. And you worry about, um, you, you probably recall the last time they had a protest there where they had those milkshakes that were filled with pepper spray. And, um, I thought that was people from the left, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's bad on both sides. That's why I think the president needs to tone down his rhetoric, because I think it just inflames the left even more. And you're going to have more of these protests and uh, fights. And I'm waiting for somebody to be killed at one of these, because it seems to me we're on that path. I think both sides need to tone down the rhetoric. And if somebody does commit murder at one of these sites, I would assume, I'm not talking about the Charlottesville thing. I don't know, you know, driving cars into crowds. You know, but I'm talking about straight up one-on-one legitimate murder. I think it'd be somebody on the left versus somebody from the right because you don't see people on the right walking around beating up uh, people for wearing Hillary Clinton hats or destroying people's vehicles for having Hillary Clinton bumper stickers, you know, or Beto O'Rourke. I see Beto O'Rourke stickers all the time on people's cars, and I laugh. (laughs) If I put a Trump sticker on my truck, I guarantee you I'd be coming out to some vicious stuff, you know, done to my vehicle, and then then I'd be in some trouble because if I caught somebody doing that, it'd be it'd be on for real. Oh, Terry, let me tell you, I'm I'm scared to put a Trump sticker on my car, and I I, I would I have Trump bumper stickers, but you I wouldn't put it on my car. I don't trust it. I, you know, guys, that's my point though that everything is is so you know subject to. Uh, outrage and violence, and you, you're afraid to even express your point of view nowadays. But to Terry's point, 
Like I get, you saw stories all the time of people's hats getting ripped off, their cars getting bashed in. You didn't see, or if if you did, I missed it. Um, a Hillary Clinton car getting their windshield bashed in, or someone you know trying to fender bender a uh, a person with a Hillary sticker. Or I've seen uh, already a few Kamala Harris stickers. I don't even think like like Terry said. I just okay. I laugh and drive on like. The, a violent act never even gets into my head. It's like, all right, I disagree with that well, person. Well, it's you, Joe, but you don't know what other people are thinking or going to do. I just think that the 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 way that society is going, that it just engenders a kind of feeling of violence and uh, a lack of understanding for the other's point of view. It's just, it's a horrible situation, I think, the way this country is going. It's just, people are not talking to each other. No. There's no civil discourse. It's nasty. Uh, and I think there's guilt on both sides. Terry, thank you so much for the call. Yeah, one more quick point, if I could. Just you got it, man. Of course. The floor is yours. And just because, you know, Brenda, you know, I understand sometimes the president goes out of bounds, but, you know, his power is minuscule compared to ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, all the left-leaning news agencies that are online, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, all that stuff. He's nothing in comparison. They need to tone down their rhetoric because the— the president is speaking for a lot of us when he sticks up for us and says some of the things that he says. I mean, he's he's speaking on behalf of people that are true patriots and love this country, where the left is just trying to push this globalist agenda, and we're all going to be stuck in the middle of it. You know, that's, that's how I feel about it, though. Appreciate your point of view, Terry. And Terry. again, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I think there's problems happening on both sides. Thank you, Terry, so much. That is the problem, uh, Brenda, is people don't talk anymore. You know, it's it's unless it's commenting on people's Facebook posts because everyone seems to be tough. Uh, as, when they hide behind the anonymity yeah, as, of social media. As Tom Bowerly has said, uh, keyboard tough guy. Um, but face-to-face conversation is just less and less because you can't bring up a different point a different point of view without, for the most part, the other person at one point just going crazy. Right. Like I, as people who listen to listen to me, listen to us, I love when I hear the other side call in, people who disagree with me and have a conversation. Right. We hate it when someone calls in and just attacks from the beginning. We can have a civil conversation just like this, keep it calm, and, and, and again, get our points across. We're not going to change anyone's mind. But, get our but it's points interesting across. to hear the other point of view. It, oh, it is. It's, I agree with you in that regard, I've always Joe. said, I, at, I love looking at one outcome and, having, and hearing so many different opinions of how they got to that outcome. And let's look at it, how it's torn apart families even. You talk about people talking to each oh, other. Yes. Even families have been torn apart by this. For sure, Brenda, for sure. 803-0930, one segment left. It's Hardline with Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, one last segment, about four minutes to go here on Hardline News Radio 930 WBEN, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy. Talking NY27. Let's get right to the calls, Brenda. Let's do it. Mike in Chittawaga. Mike, good morning. Good good morning. Great job as usual. Hey, Mike, thanks. I just want to point out, I watched CNN yesterday. Okay, I watched a huge portion of CNN. Antifa's still covering up their faces, okay? The right wing gave interviews without any, uh, you know, masks or anything, no helmets. They gave interviews. The left wing's still covering up their faces, Brenda. That's of yesterday. 
And if you look close at the one video, they were throwing actual hammers and had mace canisters the size, you know, probably of a forearm. So and I did not see anything on the right as far as violence. So I want to make that clear. Okay, Mike, I appreciate that. I have no use for them either. I, I You know, what concerns me is this um, climate of terror and everything that's going on. Hammers and mace. Right, and I, I'm not condoning that in the least. And that did not happen on the right at all. Your people are still wearing masks. Are you kidding me? Continue to wear masks. That's fine. Have a great day. Well, t- I mean, I don't think Brenda said that she was... <laughs> I'm not a member back, of Antifa. No, not backing that Excuse up at all. Me. She said that it, it's, it's and I agree to a point, the language on both sides. Now, when it comes to groups like Antifa, we do seem to see more violent acts um, uh, based on politics from leftist groups. Uh, but I think when it comes to language, we w- either left or right can work on the way we talk to people that disagree That's with us. That's my point, Joe. You know? That's my, and I'm not saying I'm on the left. I'm not a member of Antifa. None of that. Um, but I, you know, I saw an interview yesterday with uh, a gentleman who um, is one of the, the head people on the right. I don't recall the name of his group, and, and I don't want to guess at what the name was. And he was very adamant about that. He said they're going to keep coming back to cities like Portland. They're going to you know, represent the right and patriots and so forth. And hey, you know what? This is America. You have the right to do that. We have freedom of speech. My point is, and please don't misconstrue what I'm saying, Let's try to tone down the rhetoric on both sides. Yeah, but it, to, to Mike's point, it doesn't help when you have politicians from the left saying things like this. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. Talk like that from politicians. Was also, that Maxine? That was Maxine. Maxine Waters. Right, right at the beginning of the Trump administration. And you know what, Joe? I completely condemn what she just said. And she's riling people up unnecessarily. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. You know, it's not an issue where one side is better than the other. You know, this one's not doing it and this one is. It's a problem, I think, on both sides. Yeah, like I said, I think when, when I host and I do pol- political uh, topics, I love hearing people from both sides call in and have a conversation. It doesn't always have to be this smug, hateful uh, call just because you disagree. We can right. have a conversation, and we have lost that in politics, and it's now getting to the point where you have um, our politicians. I wouldn't say, well, yeah, pretty much saying cause a crowd. That's what Maxine said in that clip. Cause a crowd, get in their face. We don't need to be getting in each other's faces. Exactly. We can we can definitely just, hey, I think what you did really sucked. And right? I think you can say that. To, yes. And I think to our earlier caller's um, point, the masks, I think it's very disturbing to me. Right. You know what? If you're going to be out there and feel that, uh, you know, passionate about your point of view, show your face. Yeah, exactly. Why, why are you covering up with these masks? Does it empower you in some way? Uh, yeah, I completely disagree with it. I watched some of the coverage yesterday, and 13 arrests were made, as Terry pointed out. Uh, I'm just glad it didn't erupt into more violence or erupt into something where somebody ended up losing their life. And by the way, the president said he's considering naming Antifa as an organization of terror. 
and Portland was being watched very closely. So we'll see what happens during this coming week if that indeed will be happening from the president. We'll definitely have to take a look at that. That is all we have for Hardline. Don't miss Meet the Press next. Tomorrow morning, start your morning off right with a new morning, 5 to 9, and then Sandy Beach at 9 o'clock. It is WBEN Buffalo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.